the Jacksonville Jaguars will need production from the others, and one of them could be a rookie. I'll tell you who in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, y'all? And thank you for joining me for another edition of Locked On Jaguars. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. We're at your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. I'd like to tell you, too, to go to YouTube and subscribe for free to our Locked On Jaguars YouTube page. And make sure wherever you're getting your audio podcast, you check in every day there as well to make sure you don't miss an episode. Shout out to my everydayers here on the Locked On Jaguars podcast, and welcome to all of the new listeners as well. We're going to talk about the others today. It's something that we always do in the offseason where we bring up the others, but the others in this case won't be people that you're very familiar with. We're going to bring up an other that was a draft pick this year. Since so many people are asking me, um, who do I think of the undrafted free agents and and some of the day three guys who, who, who do I think will give the biggest contribution? I'm, I've been kind of hesitant to do that because I'm, I'm sort of leaving room. As I said yesterday, leaving room for the Holy spirit, but I'm leaving room for all of those guys to shock and surprise us. And I didn't want to really get into rooting for one guy as opposed to, just kind of thinking like like the coaches think. Hey, man, go out here and give it your best shot, and let's see what you have, and not worry about contracts, not worry about who's under contract or where somebody else was picked, but just I want that surprise, that element of surprise. I want to go out there and organically, when I'm at practice, see something and then come back and report to you guys like, hey, man, y'all got to check this dude out. I didn't want it to come across as me rooting for one person and then trying to justify that opinion based on what I report or what I see in practice. But I'm going to do it today because if this person isn't good in practice, I'm going to tell you, you know that little podcast we did where we were thinking about who could do it and uh, he ain't doing it. So um, I'm going to put my my reputation on the line a little bit, but that's fine because I do it every single day. It's Yasir Abdullah. He's picked 136. He's a fifth-round pick out of Louisville. Florida native. He's from the bottom. That's what we affectionately – call anyone from down near Miami. He went to Carroll City Highs from Miramar. Had 23 and a half sacks, career sacks in college, 19 and a half the last two years. And I did not need to look at those numbers to know who he was because if anybody knows me, they know I'm a Florida State supporter and a Florida State fan, and he has given the Florida State Seminoles fits. He's been very, very difficult to block, uh, even at 6'1", 242, where he – kind of plays in a little bit of a hybrid role, but he can chase people down. He tackles people in the backfield. He's very, very instinctive. He's just not very tall, right? If he was 6'3", 242, he probably goes in the second round. But he's not. He's 6'1", 242. So remember the word prospect, the most likely to get something done. So when you get past the traits that we always talk about with Trent Baalke, and he looked like he got away from those those traits a little bit, and I would bet my money, I would bet my money 
that since he wasn't able to trade some of those picks away and get up and get some of the guys he wanted, him being Trent Baalke, I bet my money, only because of the experience that I know about from talking to people through the years, this is how this went. I would bet anything that what happened was he earmarked certain guys that fit certain traits at certain spots. I think he probably wanted to turn those 13 picks into maybe nine players, right? Teams weren't doing it because teams felt like the later they got into this draft, the worse it was going to get, and they were going to get their guys where they got their guys. So he says he tried to trade 15 or 16 times just on day three alone, and nobody would let him do it. So what happens is is you start running out of your trait guys, and that's when you turn to your area scouts. And you remember the arguments, and not necessarily the arguments, but how vehemently these, these guys would – would stand on the table and say, look, I watched this dude for three years. I was at practice. I saw how he prepares. I heard how the coaches, the tape backs it up. He's just not tall, but he can play, man. He'll give us some stuff on special teams. You put him in there on passing downs. He'll be like a whirling dervish, sort of like a Tasmanian devil, just in that little situation. And we're in that situation 20, 30% of the time when we just need to get the other team off the field, and you just need a blow on an obvious passing down, what does it hurt to put him in there? To put him in there and get – he'll do what he's done since high school. He'll chase quarterbacks. Even if he doesn't get there, I think where where he really, really – where Yasir Abdullah really makes an impact is here. When your rush flushes the quarterback and he's running, how many times over the past have you seen some six-foot-five – 280-pound dude, when the quarterback is flushed, taking bad angles, laboring, looking like his hamstrings about to get pulled. What if you had people like, okay, on that second pass rush, when the quarterback starts to run, he switches up, and now you got him chasing him. Yeah, it's a whole different thing when your quarterback is running, and now you got this little quick dude who all he does is eat quarterbacks for a living, chasing him. There are some comps. The easiest one to give people these days when a guy is short and undersized but has this knack for chasing quarterbacks, the easy one is, is Hassan Reddick. They, everybody does that. That's They did that to Nolan Smith. And I can understand it, even though Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick, to me, don't play anything alike, don't look anything alike. But when you're talking about how can an undersized guy have an impact, well, that's it, right? I'm going to go back a little bit. And I want to mention another guy who played at Louisville. His name is Elvis Dumerville. Elvis Dumerville had to be 5'11", 260, 250. Elvis Dumerville didn't last a whole long time in the league, but while he was in the league, he was doing exactly what he did at Louisville. He got after people. Robert Mathis was 6'1", about 240. Got after people. Now, I don't think this dude is either one of those guys, but he could be. He could be. And if the Jaguars were able to get this sort of production from one of the others, it would absolutely blow your mind and change the way we view some of the starters and change the way the, the Jaguars view uh, third down and getting off the field. Third down does one thing for me. It gives you the opportunity to give Trevor Lawrence and the offense more bites at the apple it also keeps the other defense on the field. This is more important to me early in the season when that, that heat is out there that a lot of people aren't used to. 
and it allows the offense to score points early, which allows them to dictate the flow of the game because now if they get out early and they get ahead early, that means the other team has to pass. And what happens is that means you're controlling the game, you're controlling down and distance, you're controlling how a team has to play against you. And I think the Jaguars play better. It, it, what, it didn't prove out to, to be the point last year, and I'm smiling because I said they have to play from ahead, and they proceeded to win all of these games down the stretch after playing from behind, right? That's not a formula for success. It's not something that you want to keep doing. I'll get more into these comps, talk about how important it is for the Jaguars to get uh, anything from the others, like people who were chosen in the fifth round. If you can find people that can play and you can have them for a few years, how does that help your salary cap? How does that help you be able to uh, draft and retain and then be frugal in the way that you go about spending money in free agency? I'll tell you about all of that stuff in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. After I let you know about our sponsor, who is Built Bar. That's right. Built.com. We have been talking to you forever about the delicious snack that you can eat when you don't want all the sugar and the calories, right? And you need the best tasting protein bar ever in your life. And that is built. And you got to try this. If you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste and texture. That bite makes a lot of difference in terms of how I feel about what I'm eating. And then you don't want to make a mess with all of this chalky stuff all over your hands. That's not what you get with built bar because built bar is put together real well and it's covered in 100% real chocolate. If it gets on your fingers, just lick it off, right? That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how they do it, but I can tell you what, they make it taste great and the macros is only 130 calories, four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And we've been telling you go to built.com and you can keep doing that and check in on built.com because they drop new flavors all the time. But you can also go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. If you go to Walmart, you can go to the pharmacy section and there'll be a four-bar box of Built Bars. If you go to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, puff, and churro puff. And you can thank me later. Make sure you tap in the Built Bar. Go to Built.com or check out Walmart and Sam's Club. All right, rolling along here on Locked on Jaguars. Uh, talking about Yasir Abdullah as one of the others. He's the one that I chose because he's the one that I have seen the most at the University of Louisville. Was an absolute nightmare all over the place. All over the place. Nice body of work. The only reason he, he fell to this point, there was another guy like him in the draft named Calvin Pace that played at Cincinnati. Calvin Pace was very, very similar to him. And uh, I got to see where Calvin Pace was picked because he was one of those other guys that I said, in fact, you guys can look up a, a tweet. And I said that if Calvin Pace goes somewhere, don't want him to go somewhere, somewhere where it's a team that I don't like. Right. Like I don't want, I don't want him to go to a team that I don't like. And no, Ivan Pace Jr. That's right. Not Cal Calvin Pace played for the Jets. Ivan Pace Jr. I didn't want him to go somewhere. He's an undrafted free agent. He ended up going to the Minnesota Vikings and uh, they're describing him. They're saying it's a big one. That linebacker was a need and he didn't play at Cincinnati. He played at Miami, Ohio. 
But I was watching him during the draft process, and I said, whatever you do, don't let him go to a team that I don't like uh, because that's going to be bad if he actually makes it. He's only 5'10", 231 pounds. But, he, you know, he had nine sacks, nine sacks in 2022. This is a little bit different because Yasir Abdullah is a little bit bigger. Now that I got his school, his name is – now that I got Ivan Pace's name and Ivan Pace's school right, we'll get back to Yas- Yasir Abdullah. These are the outlier players, the guys that you don't think have a chance to make it because of what we know that word prospect to mean. It's like well, his arms are too short. You know, he's like the little engine that could, right? One place guys like this can help you is special teams because special teams don't care about how long your, your arms are. Special teams really cares about can you or can you not make a tackle in the open field? Can you bring that dude down? And I wouldn't count guys like Abdullah out because it's what they've been doing their whole life. Playing football at a high level, you get him at a higher level, and he still plays football at a higher level. So at 6'1", 242, now what will help him at some point is if he actually learns how to play or if he proves that he can play uh, off the ball a little bit in a linebacker position. And then you can use him situationally as a pass rusher because the thing that people uh, sometimes don't remember is when we want to use that Hassan Reddick, um, when you want to use that comp, the thing is is Hassan Reddick is not just a pass rusher. Hassan Reddick, they play a base 4-3, and Hassan Reddick lines up at strong side linebacker, and he has other responsibilities. And then what happens on passing down is he comes on, he come on down, just like Price is right, he come on down to the line of scrimmage, and he's able to cause all of this ruckus. Now, they're paying him a hefty amount of money up there to do that, and he's surrounded by a lot of other talent. But do I think Yasir Abdullah has a shot to possibly do some of those same things? Yeah, why not? Why not give him a shot? I bet you the Jaguar brass is sitting there saying this is what we you know look this is what he can bring to the table and this is what he's able to do i wouldn't ever count a kid like this out i just wouldn't i would not so for everybody that wanted me to do it i'm doing it i'm picking a guy that is that to to keep an eye on because of his body of work and because this is going to be something different still he's somebody that i think has a a very good chance to make the, the 53 first through special teams, and then showing that, you know, I'm more than what you think I am. Guys have done it in the past, you know, and, and good good on Trent. So when we were talking about what happens when Trent can't make trades and what happens when he can't get up to get his traits, I would bet my money that what he did was turn around and look at these area scouts and they'll go, okay, go get my dude. We got all of these extra picks. And these scouts, what they do, man, is they want to hit these home runs because that's how they get promoted. If you do it year after year after year, you say, man, two years ago, you told me about Abdullah and look at him. He's one of the he's one of the best special teams players we have. He's a situational football player. He he makes our he's one of our glue guys that really keeps things going from an attitude perspective. Who else you got like that? OK, let me give you this list. I got 10 people. These are guys that I've been. So now that GM, when somebody gets promoted, that GM goes, you know what? Let me pluck this area scout up here. So those guys really do stand on that table and they bang for certain people and i know for a fact that one of those people in my opinion one of those people were yasir abdullah because he doesn't fit into uh he doesn't fit into the normal traits he just doesn't so i i'm a firm believer that this is how he ended up at jacksonville jaguar and i actually think because 
I didn't have to watch as much film, but I did go take a, a look at it a little bit. I actually believe that he has a lot of giddy up in him, and he's going to be a spark plug. And what he is, he's the guy's going. He's guy that's going to come in there. He's going to take everybody's job. All of them. If you're a backup or a starter, and you play anywhere in that front seven on the outside, or on that second level as, as an off-ball guy, you turn around and this is the dude you don't want to see. So I think he's going to raise the floor. I think he's the type of dude that has a chip on the shoulder. He's going to challenge. Every, he's going to challenge everybody. Everybody's going to be on notice that if you're not working as hard as Yasir Abdullah, then you're not working. So he's a nightmare for lazy players. I'm telling you that right now, based on everything I read and how coaches feel about him, and then his background and where he comes from. His dad played uh, college at the University of Florida. He is going to be the type of guy that's going to raise the stakes in that locker room, uh, whether you hear about it or not, that's exactly what he is going to be. I'm going to tell you the importance of getting um, production out of people that the Jaguars don't expect, how it helps them fiscally, and just how it helps the team altogether. How do these blue guys work? I'll talk about that, in my opinion, here on Locked on Jaguars in just a second. All right, third and final segment, I have to let you know that uh, making us your first listen is, is very, very important to us. And your second listen should be what's going to come tomorrow. So what is coming all week is I'm organically looking at the Jaguars roster, trying to figure out where a lot of these young guys fit in. So tomorrow what I'm going to do is give you some things to think about. I'm going to give you a list of veterans that I think are candidates to come in and be able to help the Jaguars team. A lot of it isn't just about their position, but it's about their mindset and what they're able to offer a young team as they're trying to get over the hump. So we're going to take a look at about three or four of those guys and hope that a couple of them can come the Jaguars way. But right now we're talking about the others. One of the others that we've highlighted today, uh, the main one is Yasiel Abdullah, rookie out of Louisville, pick 136 in the fifth round, 6'1", 242 pounds, 23.5 career sacks, 19 and a half of those sacks in the last two seasons playing in the ACC. We talked about his impact, even Compton to an Elvis Dumerville type guy, a little bit of Hassan Reddick, but some combination of both and how that benefits the Jaguars. So how do the others, the I won't call them inexpensive labor because that to me rubs me the wrong way, but I will call them uh, 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 cheaper options. That's what you get from late round picks, cheaper options. Guys that you can't even negotiate their contract if you wanted to, uh, they're going. You're going to have them for three years. And you're going to have them at the price, and they get a chance to get bonuses based on uh, outperforming their contracts. I remember one year. I think Telvin Smith got six, seven hundred thousand dollars. So, guys have a chance to make some money. Uh, when you get into the playoffs, those playoff checks mean a lot more to people like this than they do the dudes making million, millions and millions of dollars. But what it allows you, it gives you an output. It, it's it's that. If he can play special teams and he can be a core member of maybe your nickel package, that's a that's one less guy you have to reach for in free agency. So next year, instead of drafting 13 people, you might only see him draft six. And I know um, in a draft, um, draft, develop and retain team, if they're not really active in free agency, you, you almost want them to have more bites at the apple. But if this team is going to be as good as we think, they were one of the youngest teams in the league last year, thinking that they're going to go add 13 players in the draft every every season is a little naive. It's just not going to happen. So one of the things that you need to look out for 
is how they start targeting specific guys that do specific things. And the only way you can do that is first you have to have your core guys done, right? Guys like this can take up two roster spots if you allow them. You can you can have a dude that's a good special teams guy and then have a dude that's a situational pass rusher guy, and it can make it hard to figure out which one of those guys want to cut. If you get if you get both of them in the same person, like a Jamal Agnew, he's, he's your he's your fifth wide receiver. He's a guy you want touching the ball two or three times a game, not a whole lot during during that time because of his size, but two or three times a game or one or two times a game, give him give him some touches at the right opportunity and then he's your primary kickoff and punt returner he's one of the best in the league at that so it what it does is it takes up two it's one roster spot making up for two roster spots also getting an h-back who can block he can be a fullback in short yardage someone who can play tight end who can play in line who can get down the field but who also understand playing fullback and how to block the edges and isn't afraid to put his head in and stick his head in uh, in goal line situation that's where you get two things done with one player. And I think Yashir Abdullah will give you the same thing if he is what I think he is. And he gives you the chance to shore up and be that fourth or fifth pass rusher to be that gimmick pass rusher, that guy who can also spy and chase quarterbacks. Uh, when you have one of those running quarterbacks in one of those situations where it's sort of in game situation and you want more coverage as opposed to having a safety in that box. That's what he can do and be a special teams ace. You'll now have two players wrapped up in one and it allows you to be more frugal and more picky when it comes to making free agency additions. So it's extremely important that the Jaguars start to get these uh, performances from people that we refer to as the others, but they can manage to become the glue of the football team. And I think that's a pretty, pretty big deal. So we're going to watch him. Like, we go, we're going to report on it honestly. We're, we're not going to uh, blindly root for anybody to succeed and root for somebody else to fail. But I wanted to just give you the scope because um, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you that every single player that they take or sign, like, instantly, I know a lot about him. I'm just like you. I got to go and I got to do my research. This one was a little bit different, though. Yasir Abdullah, I know about him all too well because he gave Florida State fits the last two years. They almost beat the Seminoles last year. Probably should have beat them last year. But he is somebody that pops on tape. He's all over the place. He'll be a coach's dream. I think he's going to be real, real hard to cut. And I think that means there are a lot of guys on that club that really, really need to take a hard look in the mirror to know that this is going to be the type of dude that's going to make this team better. I think he makes the 53. I think he has an impact on special teams early. And at some point during the year, in some critical situations, there are going to be three or four plays where we're going to remember, dang, Wig, Yassi Abdullah was right. And this will be, by the way, if this does happen, this will actually be a pick, a late-round pick, that GM Trent Baalke can hang his hat on and, and say, look, I hit on that guy. And part of it will be because he had so many draft picks that he got away from some of his traits and just took guys who were super, super productive had a large body of work at a good school and uh, played at a, an extremely high level all the time and played like his feet was on fire. And that's what Yasir Abdullah is. Make sure you click in and check in. 
uh, every single day here on Locked on Jaguars. Remember, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe, hit the like button and the bell on YouTube uh, at Locked on Jaguars. And tune in with me and my every day is every single day here on Locked on Jaguars as we bring you uh, daily content, your daily fix here on Locked on Jaguars. Take care of each other. and We'll see you tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Jaguars.